As we close out our studies together, um, everything this week is is uh, simple in nature, and hopefully they're practical, practical and encouraging things for you in your life. Um, I thought a lot about being thankful here lately. Um, I hear from a lot of people, from a lot of people, whether it's in the religious world, our church, or, or in general, people who are looking for their, their purpose in life, and, and people who wonder what the will of God is for them. And, and a lot of them are looking for a niche, this special thing, the special assignment, where they feel like they have great gifts that they can make a large impact. And, and they say, I just wonder what the will of the Lord is in my life. And, and so often doing the will of the Lord is doing some of the most simple things that we forget about in life. And I think thankfulness is one of those things. He says that it is the will of God in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. He says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God con- uh, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you want to be able to do the will of God, don't don't be waiting in your life uh, for the opportunities to to do something big and wonderful and flashy. Don't feel like you have to become the most experienced or, or have the most knowledge. If you want to do the will of God, just be thankful. And I think we under estimate the impact of thankfulness as Christians oftentimes. In fact, I found myself feeling weird sometimes whenever people express their thankfulness too much. And I thought, what a shame that is. Times whenever people are willing consistently to express their thanks. I don't care if it's on social media or with other people. I know that can be another... Uh, another discussion, but giving thanks is one of those simplest ways to do the will of God. I think it's a big deal to God how thankful His people are. I was reading through this passage here in 2 Timothy, starting in verse 3. He's given a list here of uh, the last days. He said what will happen. He said, This know also that in the last days of that age, and the times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despises them then that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but not in the power of, from such turn away. And there's so often we look at a lot, I look at a lot of things in this passage and, and, I, and, and I can see these big bad people that we've talked about at different times through this week. I, I think about people who can't keep their word and how frustrating that is. Folks that you trust and then they break that trust and how awful that seems to us, these people that we can't confide in and trust, and, and people who lie and ruin lives. You know, people do that. People ruin some people's lives with false accusations. A lifetime can be destroyed because somebody said something that wasn't true. All these people we could look at and we say awful things, awful things, awful things. I don't know, disobedient to parents, maybe that's just all of us there. But he says, unthankful right in the middle of it. And I wonder why does he put something like unthankful right in the middle of the list of these people who destroy lives and and wreck other people's lives and are are so rebellious. I believe that's what he's talking about in places. A lot of the sin that we commit, a lot of the sin that we find ourselves falling into starts with an ungrateful heart. That's why it's such a big deal to God. In Romans chapter 1, he, he talks, he, he talking there around verse 20, he talks about how when he created this world that we live in, he put into it his glory. And he put in all these hidden things that become obvious to man so that they could know that there is a God, right? 
And he said these people, all of us as people, could look around and we can see His glory and His creation and we should know to seek God and we should know to obey God and to follow God. But he said this here in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. He says, because these people, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. The danger of being ungrateful is that we just walk away from God. And this is an incredible progression if you think about this passage. He went from, we have an opportunity to look at God and say, you've made a beautiful world that we live in. And he did, didn't he? We drove down through Broken Bow and, and the Wichita Mountains as we came down, kind of scouting down maybe for some you know, future camping trips. And, and I mean, beautiful, big, tall pine trees and, and you know, just beautiful lakes. I mean, I was talking with Shelby. I mean, who knew that existed in Oklahoma? <laughs> but uh, no, it's real pretty. It's beautiful. And you can't help but think about God when you see it. And these people, they knew that at one point. Maybe like some of us, maybe in your life right now, you're strong and, and you're grateful to the Lord, but becoming ungrateful is something I believe happens gradually. With these folks, they got to the point where they didn't acknowledge Him for the things that He did that were great. He said they got to the point where they're, they're, uh, they became vain or empty in their imaginations. Idol worshipers, maybe. I've always found it incredible how some people can worship things that they've made with their own hands. I've, I've seen massive statues of Hanuman in India. It's a, it's a half man, half monkey god. And, and people worship that and, and they, they give praise to that. That's empty. That's empty imaginations of mankind because they're not thankful to the one who actually made it. Their, their foolish heart was darkened. You know what happened to these people in this progression? They went from ungrateful people to people, he said, without natural affections to people who would you know, be overcome in sexual immorality in just the verses following this. You get on to verses 26 through 28. It starts with ungratefulness. I don't care what this sin is. It's because we've forgotten the focus of life. It's that God is everything. He is in everything and He is everything. And when we take Him out of our eyes and when we take Him out of our heart and we take His praise off of our lips, then our hearts will be darkened too. Brothers and sisters, we need to be thankful in all things. In 1 Thessalonians 5, where we read, he says, in everything give thanks. And everything a lot of times means uh, in stuff or the different things that I can hold or handle. But in this situation, he's talking about in every circumstance of life. And I was thinking about the different circumstances of life. And, and I'm just going to hit two circumstances of life very generally. The bad times and the good times. That's all there is, really. I don't know if there's a lot of in-between. It's either good or it's bad. You know, during the bad times, it is hard to be grateful sometimes. It's hard for us to open our eyes and see what's going on. In Romans 5 through through 5, Paul said, And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. He was somebody who was able to say, I've been shipwrecked, I've been stoned, I've been this, I've been that, bit by snakes, it's all good. And he said, in fact, I'm thankful in those times and I'm thankful for those times. Well, you know what we do a lot of times? We just, I mean, we really slip down into our, our bad times and we really wallow around in it. Poor me. Nothing's going my way. 
happens in things of threes plus seven. You know, all these different things in life that happen, you know, we just feel like we can't catch a break sometimes. And I'll tell you this, this negative thinking, whenever we forget to be thankful to Him, what it causes us to do is, is to slip further and further into ungratefulness and we become more and more bitter and we forget more and more what there really is in life from God. You know, we need to be thankful in hard times. It might be the only thing that can help us through because you know what? Times might stay hard for a while. That's just the truth of it. We're not always promised an easy life. And so we have to have something that gets us through. He said, looking at this, he said, all these different things, if I can glory or if I can find some things to be happy about during my tribulation, he said, they'll work different things. Patience. You know, we're impatient people a lot of times. Maybe you're not. I am. He said, but if you're able to go through hard times, maybe you'll be more patient in the future, right? I, I, instant. I, I like instant. I'm not a computer person in a lot of ways. I've got to have it to make my simple little PowerPoints. Uh, a little while back, my computer broke, and so I got a new computer, and I thought, oh, I don't need as much, was it memory? I don't need as much memory in it. You know, all I do is make PowerPoints and, you know, send a few emails and I got it and I sit there and I wait forever and a day for it to load up. <laughs> so I'd like to think I'm going to be more patient when I get a new computer and it's faster. <laughs> but that's how it is in life. Whenever we go through problems, it, we learn something from it if we handle it in the right way. Because we'll become more patient if we handle it in the right way. He said that experience is something we're going to be able to grow on. And hope, and that's what we need to get through the problems of life is hope. Light at the end of the tunnel. You look whenever David was most depressed in his life. Some of his writings back in Psalms chapter 30, 31, 32. Uh, somewhere in there, you know, he said, my, he said my moisture was turned into the drought of summer. So every time he thought he was going to catch a break and life was going to get better... He said, I feel like it was just stolen away from me like a drop of water in the desert. And he wasn't looking on this happy side of life. But eventually, as he was able to find the blessings in life, open his mouth to God, find forgiveness, and rejoice in the blessings he had, he said, I came out of it. Blessed or happy is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, is what he says. So for you and I, we can gain hope simply by looking on the bright side. You hear the thing, laughter is the best kind of medicine? You know, and it's a pretty good medicine. I don't know. I've had some eye infections before. I didn't laugh a whole lot. It didn't help me much. But here in Proverbs 17 and verse 22, he says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. The people you want to spend time around, that you enjoy spending time around, are they the ones who are Eeyore all day long? Or they're the ones who are willing to pick you up, perk you up, lift you up? That makes you feel better. Whenever you're down, you don't call somebody, or generally, I guess, generally we don't call somebody and say, hey, tell me something awful. Mope with me some more about this. You know, we call someone and say, I'm going through this hard time, and we expect them to be cheerful and lift us up, and I'll pray for you, and I'll be there for you. Don't worry, it'll get better. Hang in there. All these different encouraging things, and that's what he's trying to get to us. A merry heart is like a medicine to the brokenhearted. And for you and me, sometimes it takes work whenever we're feeling bad about life. But we need to force our mind into thinking about the good things He's done for us. And you know, if we sit down and we count our blessings, that's cliche, right? Just count your blessings. Just be cliche and count your blessings. 
because that's the medicine. That's the spiritual medicine. And that's the way that you're going to be able to look at the examples of Jesus and how he was able to make it through some very tough times, wouldn't you say? Knowing that in the end, God was faithful not to forget his work and labor of love. Men like Moses, who were willing to face some tough times, forsake the treasures of Egypt so that they could reap a greater reward eternally, right? For you and I, thankfulness in times of sorrow, that's our escape hatch. You know, that doesn't mean that we walk through life with a smile pasted on our face even though we're hurting inside. You know, there are times legitimately where we're sad and we're hurting and, and we can reach out to God in that. He doesn't expect for us to have a, the fake smile pasted onto our face. And Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgivings. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all, under, passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God wants to hear from you. If you have struggles in your life, talk to Him. He wants to hear about them. Think about all of you out there with children. Maybe children who are out of the home now. Would you rather not hear from your child at all? Whether you, would you like to hear from them even when they're having problems? You want to hear from them. You want to know what's going on with them. You want to talk with them. I obviously say that without the experience there, but I know that's what my parents do for me and have done for me. Tell me about it. He's waiting to hear those things. But he says, don't just call and complain. Call Tell them what's important. Tell them what's missing. Tell them what's hurting. But when you're talking to them, tell them about the things you're thankful for. And that puts things into perspective. Lord, I'm needing this in my life. I'm hurting because of this in my life. But I'm trying to hold on to all these things you have put in my life that are good. Remind yourself as you talk to God all that He has done because He's so faithful. And no matter the tough situation you're going through, all things work towards good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And that is not about the individual path God has laid out for me, that it's different from yours. It's about if we're called according to the purpose of God, if we love Him, if we hold on to the hope and the joy, no matter the hard times in life, it's going to end in one thing, eternity with Him. Blessings. That's that hope you could always hold on. If you've got nothing else in life, you've got that hope waiting for you if you're faithful and thankful. Although it's hard sometimes to keep the right perspective and to be thankful in hard times, but it might be even harder, strangely enough, to keep the right perspective during the good times. You remember before he leads the Hebrews uh, into the land of Canaan, he, he issues a warning in Deuteronomy chapter 6. He says, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware to thy fathers, and to Abraham, and to Isaac, to Jacob, uh, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, and vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, and from the house of bondage. He said, Look, I'm going to take care of you. And God does take care of us, doesn't he? Uh, these, these folks, what they were going to get, there were times as they were going into different lands, they had to march around city walls, whether it was shout out loud, play a trumpet, he knocked walls down that couldn't be broken. Some people who might be big and, and strong and fierce, he'd send insects in, wasps. You ever been stung by a wasp? And they'll drive anybody out of somewhere. 
He would destroy nations with wasps. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to go in and you don't have to build your house. Some of you are building homes here. Uh, it feels like whenever you're fixing up a house and wanting your place to stay, like it's taking forever. It just feels like it takes forever. They didn't have to wait. There they were, built, stocked, and furnished. Everything they needed, God was just handing them to them in this land flowing with milk and honey, just right on a silver platter. And he said, but what you remember, when I blessed you this richly, who blessed you and don't forget me? And the problem that they had is consistently and quickly, they became ungrateful. Even before this happened, they had, I mean, they had just made it out of Egypt. They hadn't even made it out of Egypt. They get to, they get to the Red Sea and already they're crying out, oh, we made a mistake. Why did we trust in the Lord? What do we have to be thankful for? And he gets them across the sea and he washes up the bodies of the strongest nation in the world onto their shores and all of Canaan sees it and they fear and they tremble because the Hebrews are coming and then they can't be grateful because God gives them, I mean, cake essentially. Sounds like cake. This man, a sweet bread, right? That fell on the ground. All you got to do is go pick up your food. Well, it wasn't good enough, so I want quail and I want this and I want that. And, and every time he blessed them richly, they just became ungrateful. And then here, they get into this land, and you know, it was just several hundred years later that, as we read the other night, they trusted their own conscience, and they wanted a king. So quickly, we forget whenever we have blessings in life and things are good, that we only have it because He put it in our life. What are the signs? I guess that's one of the things I want to know. How do I know? if I'm really being ungrateful or if I really have a grateful heart. And I was thinking about that just the other day in conjunction with this. Thankful people, thankful people to the Lord are people who show their gratefulness by the work they put into the kingdom. And I think that's evidence all through the scriptures. Men like Caleb and Joshua in these times who understood how big of a thing, what big of a thing How great of a thing, I don't know. They realized everything God was doing for them and they were willing to stand up when no one else would. And they said, we'll fight, we'll go, we'll do. You betcha. We can do this, he's with us. And they remembered they weren't doing it on their own. Men like David, they were grateful to God and so they were able to stand up and brave the the giants in life. Even when everyone else had forgotten that God's with us and God will bless us, David said, look, we got a cause, I'll fight for the cause, he's with me. People like what we read earlier with Paul who said all the bad things I've gone through, look, he's done greater things for me than the bad I've been through. I thank God who hath made me an able minister in Jesus Christ, right? His gratefulness and these great men and women, their gratefulness was always manifested in labor in the kingdom of God. And, and for you, look at your life. You want to know if you're grateful, what are you giving back to the Lord? We had a great speech, a great uh, exhortation as we gave this morning of the offering. And one of the themes of that is, is making sure that we're consistently generous. And we need to be generous with our time, with our money, whatever it is, because He's prospered us so well, not just monetarily, but with gifts. You know what? If you're thankful for the gifts He's given you, you'll use them. The five-talent man, the two-talent man, they were praised by God because they were thankful to Him and they put it to work. 
And the unthankful man, he said, I got nothing to give. He didn't recognize the great blessings he had in his life and he squandered it. The thankful in good times, the ones who take what they have and they put it to work. I found this story a little bit interesting. I'll tell you that whenever we're grateful in good times and thankful in good times, it makes an impact on people. We can use it to have an evangelistic impact on people. You remember the story of uh, Lazarus, not not Lazarus and the rich man, but Lazarus, Jesus' friend, the one who brought word to him he'd been sick and he died. And several days later, they go to see uh, his sister's And then Jesus says, take me to the place where he's buried. In John 11, verse 41, uh, after Jesus had said, take away, he said, take away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I wonder, do you think Jesus had to thank God openly in this moment to be able to perform this miracle? He obviously knew at this point that God had already heard a request to be able to perform this miracle. He said, I'm glad that you've heard me. But what did he do this for? He spoke up and he vocally showed his thanks to God. The Son of God vocally gave his thanks to God because he wanted other people to be able to believe. You know... If we walk around in our life so richly blessed, acting like malcontents, or at the very least not talking about the things we're thankful for and about from whence they came, that's King James talk for knowing that they came from God, then how are people going to understand that we give credit to God in our life? You know what they're going to see? Just people like everyone else, people who are ungrateful. People who anytime they buy one thing, they're just looking for the next thing that they want. People who just have problems and and whine and complain and moan about them. But Christians, we ought to be different to, like Christ, taking His example. Whenever there's good things in your life, tell somebody about them. Tell them why you have those things. Whenever something happens good in a relationship, be grateful for it and give God praise for that. Whenever it happens good with your children and, and, you know, whenever perseverance, you know, it finally pays off and, you know, those... What's that verse? No chastisement at the present seems to be joyous at grievous. Nevertheless, in the end, it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness on them by which it's exercised on. Whenever you have a breakthrough and the hard work that you're putting through pays off, remember that the one who gave you those instructions is God and praise Him for it. You know what? Maybe it encourages another parent out there too to persevere through the hard times so they can get to the good times. And whenever times get good, to recognize that didn't just happen. It didn't just because your kid's awesome and great. Even though they're awesome and great, but because God has great instructions that profit us much. In the good times, our thankfulness can encourage other people to glorify the Father which is in heaven. And that's what it is all about in shining our light. That's what thankfulness is. Jesus gives us that example. He's done so much great things. I marvel at how good David is at praising the God in heaven and giving thanks In Psalms 101, verse 3 says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His trust endureth to all generations. I heard someone a while back say, Man, I just can't stand it whenever people pray and they tell God about who He is and how. God knows who He is. God knows all the things that He's done. 
Well, that is true. God knows who he is and knows all the things that he's done, but he deserves to be praised for all those things. The grateful nature of David is very, uh, to me, it's humbling. Whenever you're praying, how often do you talk like this to your God in heaven and just shower him with praise? Whenever you're talking to your, to your God in the morning, are you just thanking Him for being your buckler, your high tower, your defender? As you're asking Him for the help through the day and protection, thank Him for all the protection He's given in the past. At the end of your day, as you've walked through another one and you come back home to your family and your loved ones and your friends, do you sit there and, and gush over Him and all He's put into your life as you sit around in your, your nice homes and you eat your good meals and your stomach is full? Do you just continue to remember Him and remember that He He's put you there and He's sealed up those homes and He's put that food on the table. He's even put blood in the veins. Even the, even the poets, Paul said, they were able to give credit to God that in Him we live and we have our being, right? I think maybe we should become more skilled in our attempts to praise and thank our Lord. You know, the more we praise Him, the more opportunities we take to do that, the less chance there is we're going to become ungrateful. And the less chance there is we're going to forget in the good times or the bad times, He's right there, ready to do for us at all times. Christians, let's be thankful in the good times. Let's be thankful in the bad times. Let's give Him the praise that He deserves. Let's not be ungrateful. Thank Him for everything in your life. In Ephesians 5 and 20, give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every circumstance and in everything. There is something to be thankful for in every situation, if it's good or it's bad. There's something to be thankful for for everything that you possess or that you own. There's something to be thankful for in every relationship that you have. You look around in this room here and I guarantee you're going to get something different, a different blessing from every person in here. And God put them in your life. God put the folks in the church, the stones and the bricks and the wall, just like He wanted them. And they're supplying a different function to you for your benefit so that you might grow up in all things unto Christ, which is the head. Find ways to find praise in everything that you have, everyone that you're around, and grant that to God. In Romans 6 and 17, he says, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you've obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. This evening, this evening, if you don't have salvation... You're missing one of the greatest opportunities to be thankful in your life. We talked about how a merry heart do a good like a medicine. What I guarantee you this afternoon is that if you've never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ and you have the weight of your sins on your heart today, that if you'll drop your pride and if you'll give your life to Jesus and if you'll obey His gospel, you'll experience a peace that passes every other peace that you've ever had. You'll experience a comfort that you've never had before. And you'll be able to really experience what it's really like to be thankful. Of all the things that we have in life to be thankful for, it's our salvation. As a Christian or as someone who needs to receive the gospel, I encourage you to give thanks in all things, to give thanks in all things, in and in every situation in life. And if we can help you, to have at least one thing to be thankful for, salvation.